Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rate the Record podcast, episode 38. Wow. Just inching towards 40. We're getting there. Oh, my God. I can feel the wrinkles already. Exactly. Our hosts, who will soon be approaching 40 one day, are Chris and... Savannah, and she is offended. I said one day. I didn't say anytime soon. (laughs) Still, the, the reality is painful. Don't worry. You're 29. You got plenty of time. But anyways, yes, yeah. this is us. This is the host of the show. This is the Right to Record podcast. Welcome. We're glad that you're here to hang out with us today. Watch a brand new episode. Listen to us talk about a brand new album or brand new as in brand new to the show, not in mm-hmm. real life. Because this one's been out for a while, but we'll get to that in a minute. Thank you very much for joining us. So if you'd like what you see today, make sure you hit like, subscribe, comment, rate, share, follow. All of those things help us build this musical community that we've been trying to build forever and ever and ever. And we still mm-hmm. want you to be part of it no matter what. <laughs> so go ahead and do all those things, especially over on the audio community. Make sure you leave ratings and, and reviews so that way we get bumped up in the charts. More people find us. Things just get better. Yeah, yeah. And then the more people that know about us, the more people can request or can argue with us. And I'm feeling feisty. You say that now, that's going and to I'm, change soon. And I am terrified when it happens. I By the time we get to the disclaimer, your mind will have flipped on that one. <laughs> I'll read it going, yeah, I don't want this anymore. And speaking of doing nice things for the podcast, another thing you can do, you can do on YouTube is subscribe, because not only do we want subscribers and we want you to be caught up on all the content that we do, but we are still climbing to our first 100. Once we do that, we're giving away records once a month. Records that you hear on this show, we'll be giving away once a month. Once we hit 100 subscribers and every month that we're over 100. So make sure you get in on that. Hit the subscribe button, smash it, elbow drop it, knee drop, whatever you want to do. Whatever violent action gets you to do it, please do it. Stab it. Shoot it. Knife. (laughs) Do do whatever you want, but just the the subscribe button, nothing and no one else. Exactly. I agree. Your target is just that small button and that's it. Anyways, go ahead. Do that. Thank you very much for doing that. So if you've been to this podcast before, welcome back. Glad to have you here and glad that you're hanging out with us and being part of that musical community. But if you're new here, welcome to the podcast. It's great to see you new people. We really, really enjoy having new people come along all the time. That usually means that you don't know what we do here on the podcast, so let's fill you in real quick. So each week, Savannah and I will choose a brand new album, be it completely random, like our own picks or whatever we want to do vast majority of the time. Sometimes we do an anniversary album. Maybe something's hitting a milestone. We'll cover that. Or sometimes, like today's episode, someone will request an album, and guess what? We actually do requests. Either way, we choose one of those types of options. Choose an album, we discuss the songs at length, we, then we rank the songs, and then we rate the record. Rate the record! Woo! Hey, you kind of hopped in that time. That yeah, I, I'm, still, I'm still waiting for the soundboard, so we'll get there. We'll get there. One day, one day. Yeah, Savannah still needs that soundboard, just like we mentioned in the last episode. So if you want to financially yeah. help her do that, ko-fi.com slash rate the record. The Yay. optional way to support the show, again, completely optional, but it is a financial option there. You can join the RTR club. Help Savannah get that soundboard, but also too, just uh-huh. like you know, you get your name on, uh, you get your name shouted at the beginning of episodes. Thank you card. You get to watch exclusive Kofi-only episodes that we're going to be recording real soon. Oh my God, we're actually going to do it, and we're going to let everyone know what it is. But then you don't get to watch it unless you're part of the RTR club. So make sure you get on that. And if anybody enjoys uh, Chris torturing me with his uh, Bob Dylan impressions, don't do it now. Um, if I get a soundboard, I will dedicate one button to Chris doing Bob Dylan. It just has to be me going, Bob Dylan. Oh, my God. And I just <laughs> press it. It just 
most inopportune times. Yeah. I'm talking about like a really emotional song. It's like, you know, this one really kind of tugs <laughs> at the heartstrings. Bob Dylan. I'm like, thanks, Savannah. Thank you. <laughs> doesn't want to hear that? So Apparently say, not you. <laughs> no. No, but you know what? For the lols, for the humor, I'm down. Oh, man, we're just going off on tangents like we usually do. That's a big thing that we Already. need to do on the podcast. But before we go too far and do too many more tangents or even talk about music, I guess, since that's the main staple of the channel, we do have a disclaimer that we'd like to read at the beginning of each episode. So that way we're just, we're cool with things. We're not being argumentative jerks. You can agree and disagree uh-huh. with things, but so long as we're all like on the same page and just enjoying ourselves, it's all good. And that disclaimer is... The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss on Rate the Record regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We are simply two friends having fun, discussing, and listening to music. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter of each episode. We do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence based on the opinions of ourselves or others. This podcast is a casual and for fun project, and you're welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. Yes. I I tried to do something funny with a chip clip, and then it just hurt my nose, and so I regret doing it. (laughs) I'm glad I missed that. I didn't see that at all. I was going to get another one and put it on the bridge of my nose, but just this one hurt too much. Whatever, anyways. (laughs) Doesn't I, I got to think more clever shit to do. I was going to stick pencils up my nose, I guess. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Just take those little mini packets of salt and just put them on your tongue when I say that. There you go. I suppose so. I'll find something fun to do one day. But until then, we have to get through another episode. And today's episode, as we mentioned before, is a request. Mm-hmm. It is a request for Tomahawk's self-titled album, as requested by listener Nick as he wants to be called. And as I say your name, I get gassy. There we go. You get a belch with your name and everything. That's how much we like you. As per usual. I got to mention too, Tomahawk self-titled album. Uh, Fun fact, this is the first request we've gotten where I've actually had it in our schedule lineup and it was going to be like down the the way in like fall. But because it was requested, it gets bumped to the front of the line. So here we are now. Perfect. I love it how this happens. Woo. Thank you for requesting an album that I chose. (laughs) Uh, yes, and uh, I can't say thank you or curse you until we get through the uh, ratings because it's kind of going to spoil something. So, yeah, I mean, even like one word could like lean you in one direction or the other. So yeah. we gotta be very careful, very uh, yeah, slippery. You gotta wait. So. Gotta wait. So when it comes to Tomahawk, usually, or not just Tomahawk, but the uh, album request thing in general, which you can do at RateTheRecord.ca, by the way, or the description down below, either or request an album and we'll, by all means, do it. Just like Nick did for Tomahawk's self-titled album. And in those request forms, we usually ask, like, you know, why you requested this and everything like that, blah, blah, blah. Just, you know, just a general insight as to why you chose this particular album. He didn't give us much to read, but that's okay. You don't really need to type much at all if you don't want to. Type as much or as little as you want. He just simply says it's one of the few concept albums that he really got into. He lists his favorite songs, and I'll say them now because he doesn't technically rank them. His favorite songs are 101 North Point Click and Sweet Smell of Success. Cool. And you will know how uh, much we like those songs very soon. But first, we actually have to tell everyone else who's not Nick about the band because he knows all about Tomahawk by now. (laughs) I'd most likely assume so. So if you don't know who Tomahawk is, well, Tomahawk is a supergroup that formed in 1999 after frontman Mike Patton. Yes, Mike Patton's third appearance on the Rate the Record podcast. Oh, my God. We're fangirling way too hard on this guy. We might as well just call it Rate the Record featuring Mike Patton. 
rate the patent project. That's the new podcast we're doing. Exactly. So yeah, they formed in 1999 after frontman Mike Patton and guitarist Dwayne Dennison of the band Jesus Lizard. They met at a Mr. Bungle concert in Nashville in 1999. The, The band also consists of drummer... Drummer John Stanier, Stanier of the band Helmet, and Kevin Rutmanis, who played uh, for Cows and Melvins. Ooh, interesting. I saw you pointing to the screen. Do you got a note there? No, no. I, you said Helmet. I was like, oh, I know them. Oh, yes. Well, this is the, the drummer for Helmet is in this band. Cool. Uh, but Rutmanis uh, would eventually be replaced uh, after the band's second album, Mick Gas, in 2003. And they would eventually bring on fellow Mr. Bungle member Trevor Dunn in 2013 after the band had gone on a hiatus in 2007. So, the but although Rutmanis is the bassist on this album, though. So the band would release their self-titled debut in October 2001 under Ipecac Recordings, a label co-founded by Patton and Greg Workman, I think. Yeah, something like that. It's a weird name. But anyways, yeah, they co-founded the label together. The album was produced by Joe Funderburk. Funderburk. All these long names. (laughs) (laughs) It was never picked up too high on any of the charts, with its highest peak being number 20 on the U.S. independent album charts. All music gave it a four out of five stars, and it was given three out of four stars by the Boston Herald. No true singles were ever released from this album, but amongst fans, the song God Hates a Coward and Pop One tend to be treated as such that says a lot you can tell <laughs> yes uh, you can definitely tell uh, there's a few tracks on here that could have acted as singles too like aside from those two but i mean yeah. i guess we will have to find out when we get there huh mm-hmm. or as i used to say we'll get there when we get there <laughs> we might as well get there now because we're at the beginning of the album we can just start discussing this okay so tomahawk self-titled album and track number one flashback so the, the first image that I got when it started was you're laying in bed and someone's just walking in with pots and pans and they're just clanging them. And then the alarm goes off and it's pretty much one of those. I, I forget what it's a sleep paralysis when you're just there. And then you've got like this voice just singing to you, but you're just looking up at this figure. That's what I got. It's not as menacing as that, seems but the music kind of has like this sort of darker menacing tone to it which i really enjoyed realistically that tone kind of comes across the entire album i enjoyed it and i i guess that's kind of the uh, the idea of where this uh whole uh concept album idea comes from which i told you just off camera that I, I've been listening to this album for quite a while and I didn't know it was a concept album. I like maybe it is too. I don't know. I couldn't get find anything on it, but it, there does seem to be some connections going on through this album, so maybe it's just something I never knew. Because mm-hmm. uh kind of on what you were saying too, I said that the song feels like some some sort of hypnotherapy session. Yeah. Uh the intro with like the high pluck guitar and cymbals are just like kind of putting you in like this dreamlike sequence, kind of putting you under a little bit. And the verses are like a psychiatrist unlocking some sort of like memories. <laughs> and the course itself is like trauma relived in those dreams. Because obviously it's like very kind of like aggressive snarling kind of vocal from Mike Patton in there. And like the music gets heavier. Yeah. Um, I do like the differences between the verses and the chorus. Uh, the verse is obviously much quieter, as I said, and like much more like kind of a drifting feeling. Whereas like, again, the chorus is just like an amped up louder version of it. Mm-hmm. So it's good at keeping like this kind of, cons- it's good at keeping a consistent narrative while also kind of like portray- portraying a different emotion. So I thought that was really cool, really well done. And again, it feels like it kind of does this through the entire album. 
and it's it's generally a great start to the album too like good energy kind of gives you a sense of what you're in for I definitely agree. It is a good intro song. Um, I was kind of unsure about this one at the beginning. Um, the more that I was listening to it, it's kind of like I know what to expect just within the confines of the song. So it was just sort of easier for me to digest the more and more I was listening to it. Um, just a, a general note uh, before even starting this album, I I think I kind of expected something a little harder and screamier i'm not sure why i don't know if it's just the band name if it was just sort of knowing sort of some of i don't i don't know maybe it's not even knowing some of the other members in the band but it's just i kind of had a a thought it would be a little heavier i was very pleasantly surprised that it wasn't because it definitely sort of 180'd me and that was cool um but yeah, I think my last note on the song in particular is just certain points of the vocals kind of have like a, I don't want to say whininess, but it kind of reminds me of the Sex Pistols in a way. Just little bits of it just kind of poked out at me. And I mean, that's not a bad thing. I, I, I would have never thought to make that comparison. I guess I just didn't yeah. hear it. And also, I'm not like super familiar with the Sex Pistols. Like I've heard their music, obviously, but like yeah. I'm just not super high enough on it to be able to say, oh, yes, I hear what you're saying. Because I just um, Well, I've heard probably just as much as you, but hearing it, I just kind of pictured that. So I don't know. Might be completely in left field, but I said it. It's on record. So at me if you want. And you got to rate that record. Ah, anyways, <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh, a pun with our name in it. We don't ever do that. So that's new. That's new for the show. <laughs> yeah. I don't really have much else to say either. It's a, it's a good start to the album. And like, yeah. we already kind of mentioned with the concept album, like these tones will kind of flow through the album. And maybe I'll try to, I don't have them in my notes, but I'll try to pick up on them as I go through. <laughs> so the second song now is 101 North. Um, I really love the like chuggy groove that kind of gets the song started. I thought that was really cool. There's a lot of anxiety in this track, kind of like there was in the last one. So there you go with that thematic thing kind of building again. You have like the higher, more melodic voice portions of the verse. Just they have this feeling of like uncertainty and unease to them, which is really cool. And the lower, almost like snarling vocals in the other part of the verse are just like menacing, although kind of still relatively subdued. So it's it's pretty interesting in that sense. Okay. Now I did say uh, not even two minutes ago, at me if you want. Okay. Don't at me at this point. Uh, when Specific this adding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with, with this one point. Um, when this song started, um, it sounded like Weezer's hash pipe at the very beginning. Um, that's all I could hear. Like, I heard it a couple more times and, like, it, it disappeared. It kind of comes and goes. But definitely there. I was, they were, albums were released the same year. So who knows? Maybe it was just a thing of the time um uh <laughs> this is definitely on brand for me uh when the vocals come in all i thought was mm, deep so <laughs> uh down for that oh i'm so down for it and i feel like this song would have been a single uh, as i said before chances are there's quite a few yeah. songs on the album that would work as singles oh yeah like the one i'm i'm most familiar with that acted most of the singles gotta hate to coward like everyone tends to know that like if you if you've heard tomahawk chances are the very first song you heard was god hates a coward yeah because there's like a live version of it that they do in like this in-studio performance that's actually really cool oh. i really like watching it too interesting mike Patton's uh 
his gas mask microphone that he just slides over his face, and that's what gives it like that megaphone effect. Oh. I don't know if he does it for this album. He might actually use a yeah. megaphone, but like for live performances, yeah, he has this like gas mask he pulls down in front of his face. Interesting. I never would have thought of that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Cool. Um, so yeah, like continuing on with like kind of like this tension and anxiety feel feelings in the song, everything like that, like there's a lot of dissonance in the chorus and it kind of just really amplifies those feelings on display, which is actually really cool. It's effective and well done. So I thought that was great, even though it's brief and you, you might miss it the first time, but just, yeah, go back and listen to it. You could definitely hear it. Mm-hmm. And, like everything is so well paced in this track. Like maybe the ending didn't have to stretch on for as long as it did. But other than that, I think, uh, I think it worked well. Uh, definitely going to pull off that. Um, the end did get repetitive. Um, it was enough for me to notice, but not enough for me to look at the time or for me to want to shut it off. It was just kind of like, okay, you know, we, we got this. Um, yeah, I, I guess my really last, uh, observation is the whole anxiety sort of tension I got in the chorus. Cause like I can follow the song, you know, you got the, you know, four on the floor or whatever. And then during the chorus, the drums are like, oh yeah. And it trips me up a little bit. Cause it kind of stifles me, but it in like an enjoyable way. I don't know. It doesn't stop the flow. It kind of like, I don't know. I like that. Well, yeah. Cause you have this like pretty neat, like like quarter note pacing in the verses and everything like that and but then when you get to that chorus yeah just like the drums kind of like sp- they don't necessarily speed up but they def- definitely change the pattern so you're not just enjoying the quarter note beat anymore yeah it's like it's like when you're walking in flip-flops and then the front of the flip-flop bends underneath and you kind of trip a little you don't fall but you stumble enough you're like oh shit <laughs> That then, was you re- the then you regain your footing, and that's when you go back to those quarter note steps and exactly, everything like that. Exactly, exactly. You got it. See, the white stripes that we talked about last week could definitely take a note from that. Because <laughs> all they did was quarter note stepping. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, just marching down the street. That's it. Well, that was then. This is now. We'll move on to song number three now. Point and click. Okay, my first point just said, ew, breathing. Not a fan of the breathing, but I'm looking past it. Um, I kind of felt like this song could have been an album opener as well. I think it's cool when you kind of have multiple songs in the album that could really, you could really put them anywhere and it would make sense. I feel like that makes for a pretty good song. It doesn't really rely on the one before it or the after or the one after it to kind of, you know, mold it, I guess. Um, yeah, the, to me, I feel like the music is like ambiguous enough that you wouldn't know what to expect going forward. So having it as a tight, like a opening track is like, you're listening to it going, okay, I have to listen to track two to really get the idea. Mm-hmm. I, I guess this could have started as an opener. Uh, although I guess just like thematically and lyrically flashback works well, because again, if it is like indeed like that therapy session, you're kind of going under and like, reliving all these traumas. I feel like each one of these songs is a certain trauma in this like hypnotic state. Yeah. I, I could be completely off on that. I actually don't know. I'm just, I'm guessing out my ass cause I didn't even really read up on it, but that's what it seems like to me. Like every song is a, like a different situation that has happened in this person's life and they're just yeah. kind of reliving it at some point. So yeah, with this one, like, you can say this about a lot of the tracks on this album, but there's like a lot of reverb on the instruments, especially in the beginning of this one too. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel like I just walked into a, just the way it sounded makes me feel like I walked into like a dingy wet alleyway. <laughs> <And you're, laughs> wet one. 
Yeah, it's kind of like it just it, like yeah, it's like the steam coming out of the pipes and like water oh, dripping, like it maybe okay. just rained or something like that. Yeah, and the water dripping on a pipe is like making the music. It's like a musical. It's like cats. Yeah, and then you have like the crooked camera shots from like the back corner of the alley looking down as you're walking through, like it's kind of barely lit and stuff like I, that. I 100% can picture this. <laughs> and just the way like Patton sings too, like he's very low voice, like there's scumbags. Like he's just, he's kind yeah. of like, he's narrating you through this alley right now. He's pointing out like every corner, like these are all the people that we have here. Welcome. I wish that I had this, uh, this image while listening to it, because I feel like it's making that it that much better. I'm surprised you didn't consider you're usually the one with like the mental imagery of songs and you're like, I'm not on drugs, but yeah, I didn't get a lot of imagery from this album. Wow. Like, it gave me, it gave aside, me a lot. <laughs> aside from the, the first, the first song. Yeah. There's a few more songs where I literally describe mental imagery that I get from this series. Like yes. Complete role reversal without even discussing it. Yeah, and it's not me. So now I get to see what's in your head. This is nice. Uh, I'll make a note about the breathing too, like the, the heavy breathing like that's between the verses and everything like that. I, f- I feel like he must have done that and passed out during like a couple <laughs> of different takes. Yeah. Because like I, I literally paused it and tried doing it myself and it's just... <laughs> He's also doing it in like this three three two pattern, like one two three, one two three, one two one two three, one two three, and like so. I'm trying to breathe like that, and not only is that difficult enough, but then like yeah, just constantly in and out that fast. I'm just like, slow breaths. Yeah, start to see stars. You start to see shapes and colors all around. Your face. <laughs> pop pop pop. Yeah, like I feel like he must have passed out at least once while doing takes. He, he yeah. feels like he had to. My God. Um, the atmosphere of the course is really fascinating to me. It's like so smooth and flowing, but yet it still has like this again underlying tension that's kind of been like drifting to all like each track so far. And so like you can't really take that like comfort feeling at like face value or not comfort, but like the smooth flowing feeling, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I do how love how much darker the second verse is too. Like the first one's still pretty dark, but like the, it gets darker in the second one because they're like there's the addition of these like minor progressing strings behind the vocals that kind of like works really well to add like a lot more again mental imagery. Yeah, and um, the ending did feel a little abrupt on this one, even being three minutes and nine seconds. Like I feel like they could have probably worked up a better ending for it, but it's just kind of really quick. You're floating mm-hmm. through this song and then just suddenly done i don't know like it could have used another 20 30 seconds to wrap it up yeah yeah i i can see that uh i'm going to comment on mike Patton's deep singing voice just one more time today i know we're only three tracks in but I swear, to, I swear to god i don't mention it again um this is probably why i really like typo negative <laughs> peter Steele. Oh my God. I love them so much. Um, But it's just every single time. It's just, there's always this threshold. And once you just kind of go below that, I'm just like, Oh my God, I am a melted piece stick of butter, please. This is beautiful. Um, And uh, yeah, I, I really like the strings since whatever filling up the empty space and how they just aren't prominent through the whole song. It's just, it's, I, I like, when it's sort of split, I guess, if there's more than one chorus, there's something that's in the second chorus that's not in the first and third or vice versa, where you get one in the last that you didn't hear. Um, even with verses, it's just it's you add something, but not for the sake of adding it. It's just it's not overwhelming the whole song. I, yeah, I I like that a lot. It, it 
to me, it just shows care and attention. And I like it's, that. It's, I don't even think this is a real term, but it's going to make sense anyways. It's like intelligent layering. Yeah. Where it's just like, yeah, you want, you want like the second verse to sound different from the first, but you don't want to like go overboard with it and like yeah. have like a shredding solo behind the vocals. Like you don't need that. But like yeah. you can add like, yeah, like just a bit more of string or synth section or something like that. Maybe a few more soundscapes that kind of like push around in the background somewhere just to kind of like really up like, you know, up the game here and just like get you to feel more the second time around. Yeah. Or even like, like you're saying, like a, guitar solo it's like even if something's like a guitar is plucking in the background it's like a slightly different riff it's enough that you know maybe the riff was there the first time but it's something different and it catches your attention because you notice that it's different and i like that i i like that idea i like that action it's pleasing just adding like a simple like hammer on or something like that just to change it up just that much you're like okay there's something a little more exciting about this one now yeah, and I feel like a very simple woman just, you know, being uh, impressed by these little, little minuscule things. But I mean, it's uh, if, if someone like me is going to notice, then it's I guess it's worth it. So, yeah. Oh, because yeah, you're so special. So if you notice. <laughs> they wrote it for me. Why do you think why do you think he sang so deeply if he wasn't singing to me? I was only 13, but he was still singing to me. In a song like this, too, that's uh, that's concerning. Yeah, well, he's a weird guy, I'm sure. I bet he's a very nice guy. There, I'll be the positive one. I bet he's a very nice man. <laughs> and he's a nice Mike Patan. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll move on. Song move number on. four, the, the, uh, the unofficial single of the album, in my opinion. God Hates a Coward. Uh, I've known about the song f- f- like longer than I've known about Tomahawk as a band because like I heard this. This is one of those ones that my friend was playing in the background a long time ago, and I just happened to hear it and was like, "That was a pretty cool song." Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like so. Aside from like the megaphone delivery again, live performance, he pulls down the gas mask. But this one, I think, is just definitely a megaphone or something. Megaphone. That's what I'm gonna say. Uh, aside from that delivery, uh, tell me this isn't like the greatest groove you've ever heard in like a while going through the song, just like through the verses. It's it's absolutely incredible. I love it. Everything pairs so damn well, and it still hasn't lost or that progressing feeling of like tension being built up since song number one. And like the hook is super easy too. Like I mean. So the the chorus is just infectiously catchy because of it. So that's great. And like the vocals are simple enough to saying day by day by day by day by day, which going with the lyrics kind of makes uh, sense from the verse too and everything like that. And with the mix of like synthy noises and effects with like the almost like atonal vocal harmonies that go on in the background of the chorus as well. There's just so much layer that it makes for like a really interesting listen for two and a half minutes. There's a lot going on in the song. I love it. Okay, um, the uh, day by day by fucking has been stuck in my head. It will not go away, but you know what? It's welcome. That's fine. Um, this song, again, sounds slightly menacing. I think it is the vocals. It's just the sort of, I don't know, it really just drives that point home. Um, it isn't a bad thing. Uh, this song sounds like I've heard it before. Um, I don't believe I have. I think there's a 99% chance that I have not, but it definitely sounds familiar. I don't know if it's maybe indicative of the sound at the time, because it sounds like things that I already like, which I mean that five points on, on the side of the song already. 
Um, I really like how it starts. There's just absolutely no bullshit. It's just right in there. Uh, like you said, two and a half minutes, it really makes its point. It's one that I'll listen to over and over. And at two and a half minutes, there is many, many replays that I can play in 24 hours. So, I mean, cool. And uh, I like that the guitar slowly comes to prominence through the verse to kick in the door of the chorus because you can slow, like you can kind of hear it amping up in volume. And then when the chorus comes in, it hits. And I, I like that. Yeah. And it's like in the verse, it goes from being like palm muted. And then in the chorus, it's just like all sustained notes That's and everything it. like that. Just really uh, yeah, amping everything up. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was it. I feel, I felt like it really didn't need too much analyzing because I was too busy just listening to it, <laughs> which I guess, I mean, like, that's a good thing. Well, yeah, repeat listens usually means at least your top three, at the very least top three. <laughs> Shit, I gave it away. Something along the lines of that. <laughs> Another thing that neither of us really mentioned, too, is like, uh, like, because being a short song, it's like verse, chorus, like bridge, verse, chorus, done. Yeah, uh, that bridge is really cool too because it, it is it's so different like in the song too because like it feels like this weird like string sample loop going on I don't know if it's just being done on the synth or if it's like a, a sample being played uh -huh. and then like Mike Patton doing his like whispery vocals and everything like that just again sounds really menacing key change a little bit just I don't know it's it's, it's hard it, it's weird to explain but at the same time I, I like that it's there just to kind of give you like something else in such a short song yeah because I feel like if this was verse course first course it might have felt a little stale but you have just enough of that like extra different space that really keeps like the flavor consistent yeah and like it makes it feel like it's a longer song having that in there because you'd expect it out of like a three and a half four minute song but uh yeah just i like it i can't say anything else we have so many more to review and i don't want to give it away well, we only really have eight songs so it's not so many more i mean last yeah. week we had like what 16 with the white stripes please please murder me <laughs> that, i was saying that so was your many. damn fault i know i know that's why just 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 cut me out that's it it. can't cut you out we got to keep going we have other songs to do and we'll just move on now then so song number five the other quote-unquote single of the album although i think god hates a coward's more to the single pop mm. one i was on edge the entire front half because i knew something was to come there was no way that this song could just keep going at the pace it was i was like some something there's that punch has to come I was not disappointed at all because it definitely arrived. Um, I like the slow and deliberate vocals in contrast to the heavier middle section. Definitely worth the wait. Um, I <laughs> Surprise! I really like the bass forward structure of the song. Super I knew you would. <laughs> oh, digging it. Um, and uh, the line, this beat could win me a Grammy, is catchy as Fuck. And even after just one listen, I recognize the song, which doesn't happen often because sometimes you got to kind of listen to a couple times before you really piece it together. But I heard the song literally one time. And then when the second time came, I was singing to it. And I think that's fucking sweet. It's rad, man. Unfortunate news. This beat did not win him a Grammy. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> How unfortunate. It's rigged anyways. Fuck the Grammys. Yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, like uh, the change in mood, especially with the first like portion of the song here as compared to God Hates a Coward, like th- that just gives me whiplash because like we just came off like a very like increasing growing course in God Hates Hates a Coward to immediately come to this like kind of calmer pause and everything like that at the mm-hmm. beginning of this one. So yeah, it it straight up gave me whiplash. Oh, um, I-, I love how flowy and... I have like I, I like how flowy the, the the synth is and like how uh like reliant the verse is on it. Mm-hmm. Um it it gives it something like of a different feel while still continuing the narrative of like sound and emotion that's already been going on for the la- last four tracks already. So again, that that sound theme at the very least is still there. All this tension and anxiety, which again leads me to believe this is just like reliving certain traumas or something along yeah. the lines of that. So I think one of the coolest parts about the song, too, even though I like I had to look it up lyrically, it's listed as a bridge because I need to know exactly what the hell I was listening to. But yeah, like that middle portion where like you can't really understand the vocals at all because it's like that megaphone thing again. Yeah. And like the bass is just kind of like riding on that, just like the eighth notes all the way through, just on the couple notes there, but just like strumming and everything like that. I thought that was really cool. Like that just awesome progression and flow to that entire part. And like this weird like... I I, th- I think it's a guitar crescendo, but I don't think it's a crescendo because I don't think the volume increases too much. I think it's just kind of like a... I'm not even certain how to describe it, but so I just call it a guitar crescendo anyways. Mm-hmm. Throughout the entire section, I thought that was really cool. It's like the perfect like addition just to kind of like texturize the song a little more and just add more atmosphere. I think it's fantastic. Again, just with that tension and anxiety, it's there. It's always there and they're so good at continuing it. It's just one of the best textures in the entire song and completely necessary and welcome. So, yeah, I, I there's a lot of good things I could say about the song, but just that bridge alone was fantastic for me enjoying this. Mm-hmm. I got nothing else. But, uh, yeah. No worry. Then we move on uh, then yeah. to number six, the sweet smell of success. Um, okay, so... This is where it kind of lost me briefly. Um, I don't know. It just, this one didn't stick with me as much as the others. It was kind of like harder to latch onto, I guess. Um, For me, it kind of pumped the brakes, but I really enjoyed the last two songs. So it was just sort of, I don't know. It kind of, I don't want to say it killed it because I don't want to offend the song. Um, It's just personal choice. Um, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't bad. It wasn't my favorite. Uh, it was kind of hard to review only because I think I was in that mindset of like, I just want more of what I just heard. So it's like anything in comparison, I'm like, I don't want it. I don't want it. So I mean, I preliminarily apologize for, uh, you know, any offense anyone takes. I'm sorry, Nick. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was very straightforward. No real surprises, but uh, yeah, that was that was it. They all can't be winners, but the last two, Ooh, they were. Well, there you go again, kind of spoiling your rankings a little bit. There. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. You know what? We're I'll tell you anyways at at some point. I would say you're gonna have to. That's the whole point of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you don't have to remind me why I'm here every week. You know, you do I, you because know, if you 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 always say you don't even remember my name, so I have to remind you the no, premise of the podcast. No, you don't have to remind me on camera. I text you beforehand to ask you. It's supposed to be hush hush. You know, I do nothing but call you out. So I mean, like that's also the premise of the podcast. Call out Savannah on her shit. Thirty-eight <laughs> episodes later, you know this is factual. 
Yeah, I know. Now, now, it, now it's just a, you know, it's a, it's a gag, running gag now. Oh, Anyways. Is that, is that how you describe it? <laughs> okay. Yes. It's, it's, it's a work shoot. Anyways. Okay. Keep going. All right. So the sweet smell of success, uh, the reverb on everything in this track kind of makes it feel way more dreamy, but in a kind of a creepy way too. So I actually really like it for that so sense too. Creepy. There's a there's a lot of creepy in this album too. Just the way it's yeah. presented. Again, dreamlike fucking hypnotherapy, living trauma. I, 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 this is what I'm guessing the themes are. They have to be. Yeah. And then yeah, you have like Patton's cartoony, but like quiet and alluring vocals, and it's just like. It's just a way to be narrated through this whole sequence, so I thought that was like an interesting choice to sing like that. Uh, the chorus feels like this like straightforward rock progression, but the sound is like really expansive and everything just sounds so good in it. But again, we have those like um, oh wait no that's the the chorus is, is yeah expansive. I was gonna say the megaphone vocals come back again because they do in the middle of the track. That's where I'm thinking of. But uh, honestly, it's that part's a lot of fun to me. I really do like it. It kind of came out of left field considering what the song had given you up to that point. Uh, there's quite a lot to. Uh, Quite a lot of it to take in that you might not catch on like the first listener too. So like me having been able to have listened to the song many times in the past, uh, like I've started to catch on to more and more. And so I really start to enjoy it. I mean, like you got this bouncy groove with like distorted drums. You have this almost like breathing synth panning between speakers, and everything like that. I thought that was a really cool layer to add. And like the straightforward, like chug style of the guitars and bass all backing again, patents like mega phone style vocals just kind of make like feel it makes it feel like the dream just took like a, a really sudden turn but then again dreams usually do that anyway so i mean like mm. it fits thematically again so i think that's really cool and like i do like how this song has taken you in a couple of different directions everything like that it keeps it really interesting given its runtime which is three minutes and 49 seconds so like a typical mm -hmm. length song it's not too long not abrupt and everything works in it so i really like it yay <laughs> just, I had to take a minute there. Just word salad. Yep. I feel like I'm getting, I don't know if I'm getting better for cutting back on it or getting worse for it. I think I'm getting worse. It's a, it's a word coleslaw. Yeah. It goes from salad to slaw to just straight up pudding. That's just when I'm <laughs> slurring everything in that. Ew. Point. Ew. Coleslaw pudding. No, I'm, the evolution of the food goes from salad to coleslaw oh. to pudding. I'm just imagining like you're, just, you're, just, you're just getting different bowls of things. Yeah, I'm just imagining just like taking a salad and then just whipping it to smaller pieces. And then that's coleslaw and then the coleslaw. And then you just pretty much pulverize it until it's just like liquid coleslaw. Until it looks like the coleslaw at KFC. Oh, gross. Yeah. That literally looks like plant food. <laughs> That, that is your brain. It is just KFC coleslaw. And it's a good thing we are not sponsored by KFC or else we'd, we'd lose <laughs> our sponsorship immediately. I will take payments and double downs. Thank you. Oh, no, we're not getting it now. Might have to uh, like look at McDonald's or Wendy's or something like that. But anyways, we'll Damn move it. on now to song number seven, Sir. Yes, sir. Um, I like the pickup in the progression now because like the last one was a little slower. So the progression comes back in this one. The palm muting with the mysterious and like whispered vocals are uh, building that tense atmosphere back up again. So I thought that was mm -hmm. a really cool thing to be done. There's also what sounds like a distant fuzzy kick drum in the verse. It's like kind of in the back somewhere and just... But it's just like that very light accent that kind of catches your attention every once in a while. Whatever it is, it's nice. It's a nice little touch to have in the background, adding more texture. So again, just that intelligent layering. Um, the I, I'm starting to like this like quick plucking riff that has been pretty prevalent this far. Um, I really like that. 
Some of the atmospheric sounds in the back kind of remind me of like a Halloween sound tape at a haunted house. Um, I mean, not a bad thing. It's just missing like owl hoots or something. Um, I do like the overlapping chorus vocals. It is not something I hear often because I thought the way that he was singing was just one. I, I don't know how to describe this. I, I don't want to say one take. But I thought it was just, you know, you're going from point A to point B, but it sounds like he's going from point A to point B, but it is also overlapping with going from point C to point D. But it's like, I I can't describe it without actually playing. And I'm starting to realize that all of my descriptions of, oh, this part here and that part there doesn't give you any fucking help at all if you can't hear it. And I can't recreate it with my mouth. So, I mean either suck it up and listen to the song or I'm just going to stop doing it. But the overlapping chorus, freaking sweet. I liked it. It was good. And actually my next note was about the chorus too. So yeah, yeah there was definitely like a background singer on that too. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, in the left speaker, uh, the, the vocals are saying, say yes, sir. And then in this speaker here, the other speaker says, sir, yes, sir. Yeah. So that's what kind of keeps like going back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded weird, but it's like if you can kind it's like with those magic eye puzzles where it's like you just have to focus on one thing and then it it sticks out at you. Yeah. I I I do like the way the phrasing is separated. It actually works really well in this case. So good job on being creative in that. Cause like I'm pretty sure like it's probably an easy line to write, but to compose it in that way that it's gonna come out in the mix like that. That's going to be a pain in the ass to put together properly. Yeah, it sounded great. I mean, I only have a couple more notes for this song and I'll plow through with them. Um, I uh, The bridge was a nice touch. And in a two minute song, throwing a bridge in made it feel longer. Um, I did mention this a couple songs ago. Definitely wrote it down for this one. It felt much longer than it was, which awesome. I like that. Um, my only negative for this one, Again, not a fan of the whispering, but the yelling that follows sort of counteracts it. Just too many mouth noises that should be kept personal. Just not a fan of that. But you know what? It's not the whole thing and it's not ASMR. So thank God. It's just Mike Patton utilizing all of his vocal talents, including just the weird mouth sounds. Well, if he if he sticks his finger in his cheek and goes then you know what? I'll be impressed. And that's the only mouth sound I will accept. I'm sure he could do that with four fingers in his mouth, do it at the same time and make a very loud <laughs> pop. He'd probably rip his his uh, flesh mask off and he'd be like some sort of demon robot or something. He could do anything, anytime, anywhere, he'll be there. Just some sort of alien god being from another planet or something like that. You never know. Yeah, the song is super short. It's like only ten, ten, uh, 2 minutes and 10 seconds. That's what it is. Despite being super short, though, it's funny because I felt like the bulk of this song's idea was already up by the minute 30 mark. Oh, really? Uh, so it's short enough, so I won't fold it. But I, I don't know. Just like anything beyond 130 is just like it feels like you're just kind of like looping back when you didn't have to at this point. Yeah. Unless you want to do something completely different like – take the song a bit of a different direction and then revisit a little later. But I don't know, just the way it's structured now, it feels like it could have just been done a lot sooner. But again, I won't fold it. It's already a short enough track, so what are you going to do? I can see that. Not even mad. All right, so song number eight, we are like more than officially on side B by now. Jockstrap. 
I was plenty, blah, 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 words and things. I was pleasantly surprised by this one. I thought it was going to be another slow track, but I really should, I really should learn to expect uh, the unexpected. Um, it really built up some tension at the beginning and it was definitely perpetuated by the guitar. There's, there's just so much here that makes my brain tingle. Okay. Like I felt like there were spiders in my spine, the slide guitar, the drums as it umbrella term for the whole song i down for it it's all just bouncy and airy and i like it and it's the first one that didn't feel like it was going to murder me where i didn't have to watch over my shoulder so i like that it was uh solid super solid excellent yeah yeah put this a, one you might as well just put a check mark just go ahead uh maybe We'll see about that because I, I said that, uh, yeah, there's like this weird descending kind of synthy noise happening in the beginning that really just keeps piling onto this dream sneer situation. Just another one of these things that kind of keeps building in thematically. Yeah. I, I keep saying this over and over again, just because like, I, I think it's very interesting that they can continue this in each track and it doesn't feel old yet. Like we're on song number eight and I, I still like that. I'm catching these hints of this thing happening. So I, I really like that. Yeah. Um, it's interesting the the vocals paired with the uh, the bass melodically because usually you only hear that in like um, like the guitar doing that with the vocals like in mm -hmm. most rock tracks and everything like that. But granted, Mike Patton singing in his lower register for that particular part, so I guess it makes more sense. Yeah, look at you. I know you said he wouldn't. I know you said he wouldn't mention his low vocals again. Don't worry, I just did. Like, I can tell that my eyes closed a good thirty percent and started nodding. <laughs> you said yeah, that. audio listener Savannah just went to a different world for a minute there. I'm back now. I'm back. Whew. See, once again, calling you out, just pulling you back Ooh. down to earth here. Oh, it sucks here. I really want to be back up in heaven. Thank but you. Yeah, he, he's using his lower register, so it matches do, doing the bass a lot better and everything like that. So that's fine. Uh, the chorus feels like this honky tonk type of rock progression. I don't know. That's the best way I could describe it. My I only did. issue is that the vocals are mixed a little too hard into the right speaker and that and paired with the idea that it's like super distorted it as well. Yeah. It made me wince every once in a while. Like I'm not super sensitive to the sound, but like it was just so much in that one, one of my muscle and earphone here that I was just like, oh, what a weird choice to want to mix it like that. Interesting. Um, it is cool how they switch up those vocal pairings though, because eventually he goes to a higher register and like matches with the guitar. So I like how he kind of does like both of those i thought that was really neat and then the the bass is just kind of like riding a rhythm at that point so that was really cool good job of making it feel different while still feeling the same i guess i i have nothing um i i feel like my uh my i i don't even know i don't i just all i'm thinking about is his deep vocals and i already said i wasn't going to say another goddamn thing about it but now i'm stuck on that idea and oh my god it's just so good the the saga of mike Patton making savannah oh week continues oh my god it's just i like i said there's this threshold and he just dips below it and i'm just like please please just serenade me to my death that's all i want but yeah, that that was it for the song. Uh, I guess the last last real small note is um, I guess that false ending was kind of nice because it just sort of dipped down. It was like, oh, it's over. Oh, it's coming back for a like couple bars. I'm like, all right, I like this. This, this is cool. So it uh, it wasn't annoying 
that it was sort of a minor false finish. It was actually kind of pleasing because I was like, yeah, a little bit more of this. But then it ended and then I was kind of pissed that it was over. (laughs) Granted, though, it was three minutes and 51 seconds. So it's not like you were uh, lacking in content. I'm greedy. Give me more. Apparently. Just give you more (laughs) Mike Patton. I guess we'll have to do like Phantomas, Faith No More, Peeping Tom. We're going to have to do the whole fucking nine yards here. I've actually listened to the real thing uh, front to back multiple times. So, I mean, that's finally one that I can go, yeah, I've actually heard this before. Excellent. You're getting there. Yeah. And half of Angel Dust. I just have not listened to the other half yet. Half's better than none, I suppose. <laughs> Alrighty then. So we'll move on to song number nine, like the interlude of the album, more or less, I guess, Cul-de-Sac. You first, please. Yeah, I suppose we've been going first for a little while now. Like, it, it sounds like this... Here, here's more mental imagery for you. It sounds like this song is being played out of an old tin can radio at an old gas station in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's not... The song doesn't give you too much on its very minimal production. Like, you, you get your vocals, you get your uh, acoustic guitar with, like, background vocals as well. But, like, again, it's all done in this, like, very high-pass kind of tinny way. Song works as an interlude, but again, just doesn't give you much to go on. So I don't really know what else to say about it. Um, <laughs> they really like that vocal processor setting or whatever that is. Maybe it's toned down megaphone. I liked it. Um, I noticed that they do. Uh, I do like the bright percussion and guitar sort of helping the vocals become or appear less menacing. Although there's, you know, I don't. I don't recall there being really any words to it. It's just vocalizing. Um, but yeah, I like the, oh, okay. I'm thinking of a different song. Never mind. To rewind slightly. Because my next note says, I like the contrast between the speaking and the singing. I clearly don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about it for a minute. There. I'm like, there it's are like, vocals in this song. I, You're doing what I do now where I completely like, oh, I'm reading the wrong notes. Yeah, well, it's that or it's like, do I even remember this song? Did I at listen a, to it? <laughs> yeah, at a minute 44, you'd think that I would remember, but, you know, maybe my brain is elsewhere, obviously. Um, yeah, my, but yeah. my Patton's lower registered vocal land. <laughs> That's where your hey, brain is. You know what? What what episode was the first Mr. Bungle? Number seven. Uh, we did? Yeah. Okay. So we've had, like, freaking, oh, we've had so many in between, and it just still gets me. Ah, Anyways, 31 episodes ago. It's just, it's, I can't even do math. See, I, I am, I have been rendered stupid. Okay. (laughs) And no comments about how this happened far before now, but point is, yeah, with, with this song, the audio pop sound like a tarp in the wind. I don't know if it adds or detracts, but uh, I actually liked it. And yeah, it's good. It sounds like the kind of song that you would hear, like pulling up to a gas station before you ended up at the uh, the Hewitt House in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen that. Maybe y'all got any gas? Hello, and there's like only the one guy there, but he's like super psycho. Anyway, that's just the movie. You can go watch that. It's fine. It's one of my favorite classic horror movies of all time. All my horror, all my favorite horror movies are just like home videos. Oh yeah, that works too. <laughs> I haven't seen them, but I'll just nod and agree. <laughs> yep, yep. All right. So no, song number 10, I don't even know if I can pronounce this correctly. Malochio, Malochio, Malochio. Isn't it like Pinocchio? So it's like Malochio. Malochio. That, that's a thing too. Malo, Malochio. Anyways, you, you can correct me in the comments if you want. That's fine. Because I, I 
realistically should have looked this up. Yep. I won't say anything, but we have an album coming up in a few albums where I literally have to learn how to pronounce every single song on the album. That's going to be a <laughs> oh, lot yeah. of fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, I'm not that's even going to try and help. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll look up the... Uh, never mind. Okay, anyways, <laughs> Malaccio, Malaccio. Anyways, we're going to call it a bunch of different things, but that's the song we're on now, number 10. By far the best use of crunchy bass anywhere on this album. God damn such a cool riff on a like a dark but bouncy groove again like that that pops up a lot in this album too like dark bouncy grooves very fun yeah. like i don't know they just got such a way with like making these fun little tracks but also having them be very dark um i like the 16th note guitar plucking in the verse that kind of just kind of comes in every once in a while it just like pauses goes pause goes pause go like all that kind of thing i love that tonally and sonically it fits so well with the atmosphere of the track so i thought that was fantastic um, it's an odd choice to completely high pass the entire course. Um, maybe thematically it works, but I feel like it took some of the edge away from the song. Uh, maybe that's just me, but I don't know. Yeah. Just the fact that like, I don't know, the bass kind of disappears for a bit. It's like, well, that's kind of takes me out of it a little bit. Kind of, it's yeah. hard for me to suspend my disbelief now, you know, I, I like, uh, the aggressions of bridges or refrains either or whatever whatever it's called, I guess. Uh, something of a weird choice to transition uh, song sections, but it does sound really good. I like that. So, yeah. Uh, decent song for side B. So, uh, your comment about the bass. Very first thing I wrote was more growling bass. And at this point, I don't know if this was requested for you or for me. <laughs> because, awesome. Um, I like the, uh, I guess, the organ uh, spooky, definitely with the the theme of spooky. Um, I do like how the guitar feels like it's taking a back seat, but it's not completely gone. It just knows what's best for the song and it doesn't plow through the idea. It's like, oh, you want to take this? Okay, I'll, I'll just come in where I'm needed, which is awesome. I heavy respect for guitar players that don't have too big of an ego to just sort of let the song breathe or just live on its own without completely fucking suffocating it, yeah. which has happened in a, a couple that uh, we've done and I've noticed and it's just too much. Just back off a little bit. Um, it The song was growing on me, but it was kind of hard to get into so i mean i think that's one of those ones where it just deserves repeat listens uh, maybe a little bit more than others um and it to me it kind of felt like a, it was a little longer than it actually was because it only clocks in at like 245 240 so yeah it's a, one of the uh again shorter tracks and there's uh -huh. actually yeah quite a lot of uh short tracks i think the longest one on here is like five minutes we are we're already past that's that one it. yeah yeah yeah, I, I don't know. I like this song, and I like. I should have looked up the how to pronounce the name because I actually looked up what the hell it meant at the very least. And I think it's like a an evil spirit or like some sort of entity or some sort of curse, something along the lines of that. So that could go with that spooky organ that you were hearing, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's very haunted housey, but like not like kitschy or you know lame. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so song number 11, uh, another very menacing track, Honeymoon. You wouldn't guess by the name, but yeah, it's quite the uh, dark track we got going on here too. Uh, lots of cool synth work done in this track, so I, and I really appreciated a lot of it. Like, you have like these strings, which again, probably just synth, and like this, this faint electronic pulsing sound in the verse that happens quietly in the background. 
it, it sounded so familiar to me, and it sounds like the exact same sound sample that they used in a song called Dissolved Girl by Massive Attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, Massive Attack's uh, a great band, uh, the kind of like a chill-hop, trip-hop kind of band, but the idea is like, I, I, I maybe it's the same thing, maybe it's just very similar, I don't know, but it, it bothered me for a while thinking, like, is that the same damn thing? It yeah. distracted me while listening to the song, that's all I could say. Um, first note I wrote, uh, and this is a question to you, Chris, uh, want to guess what I think of the vocals in this one? <laughs> I can only imagine. Ah, so good. Um, I can definitely place this album because of the squeaky tech sounds, definitely rem- reminiscent of dial up internet. Uh, I have absolutely nothing else to go on to describe that. So it definitely feels like a late 90s, sort of early 2000s kind of deal, which it is. Um, Perhaps it's quite obvious now, but the slower songs just don't get me like I want them to. I think I just too high energy to kind of calm down, especially when there are higher energy songs on the album for me to latch on to. Uh, I was kind of hoping for the music to sort of rise a little bit, but it didn't. It's not a bad song. It's just personally not for me. Especially when you said earlier, like, uh, uh, what was it? It might have been pop one when you're like, something's going to happen. Something's building and like, I don't trust this. So then when you listen to an entire song where it doesn't like suddenly just explode. Yeah. It's like, I I was just going to say, it's hard to know whether or not you're either let down or like, unpleasantly surprised i don't really know how to put it (laughs) yeah it's like i i wasn't disappointed and perhaps if it did sort of bust into something louder and more aggressive maybe i would have said oh this already happened you know think of something else who knows um but uh but yeah i don't know but uh after i've listened to this whole album i think four times uh even after the fourth time it didn't really didn't grab my soul. No, yeah, fair enough. It, it is definitely one of like the, uh, like, I think I actually just looking ahead here, I, I could have sworn I made a note about songs that like suffer from like side B syndrome. Mm. It might be in the next song. We'll see it in a minute. But yeah. yeah, like, but this is definitely one of those songs where it's like side A felt like it was just full of like these big songs that really caught your attention. Yeah. And side B are like the lot more, Kind of like the laid back section where just they, they tried other things, I guess. And they're just like, okay, this one's not going to be as important as side A. Yeah. It's like side A, they, they just slapped you in the face and they were like, ah, and then side B is like them sitting next to you, consoling you saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for hitting you. Oh, and I just realized I'm not even done my notes for this song. And that's where that note actually came in. A song that definitely suffers from uh, B-side syndrome. (laughs) It's a song that has a lot of cool ideas and could have been made into something better, but it just lacks any impact and direction. It feels like a filler. I can agree. I I don't know how I forgot to read that, but it was there. And that's why I said B-side syndrome. There you go. Or side B-side, either or. Alrighty then. So we'll move on to song number 12, uh, Loretto. Another song of... (laughs) It's Loretto. I think that's how it's pronounced. All these weird names. Anyways, yeah, it's Loretto. So this time you can go first because I've gone first for a while. The very beginning sounds like it's going to turn into a system of a down song. Like that's all that I hear. I I don't listen to a lot of system of a down. So maybe it's like a popular song that it kind of reminds me of. Um, But I do really appreciate the intricate acoustic riff uh, behind everything. Mm-hmm. that that was that was something new 
So I don't know if there was any acoustic guitar leading up to now. If there was, I didn't hear it. Um, but this was like well, a cul-de-sac, definitely. Well, aside from that one, that one doesn't count in that way. But uh, I don't know. It, it kind of felt like like you're you're going to see a play, and then they introduced a new character, and I'm like, oh, I like this character. This one's good. Um, another catchy verse line to repeat over and over, and just completely take up residence in my brain. Um, during the guitar solo, the bass makes me feel like I'm spinning in circles, disoriented. Like it's definitely disorienting. Oh yeah, it's a little dizzying. Well, especially yeah, with the with the hook of the cat in the bag and the bag in the river. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, because that that yeah. one that one feels like the camera panning very quickly around a character, <laughs> and just like everything is like all distorted and zoomy. But then you just it's like stabilized on them as it's moving around type thing. Oh my god. Okay. I yeah. I really like your mental images. They're a lot less drug induced than mine are. Even though you claim to be sober. <laughs> That's um, our little yeah. secret. <laughs> That's fine. It's okay. The audio people didn't need to know that you just winked. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't need to know. Thank you. That's I'm fine. I'm fine. So, yeah. Um, I also said, that, yeah, the strings in the acoustic, like throughout the beginning sounded great. But and still, again, with this tension and anxiety that just keeps going through this entire oh album, I, I, they've done so well at keeping it up to this point. Like the fact that, again, we're on the, the penultimate track of the album, and yet I'm still sitting here like, wow, these guys are just stretching this on way too long. It's like, no, that's not even the case. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was great. Like everything has more or less been flowing really nicely up to this point on the album. So that, that's fantastic. And then, yeah, the hook of uh, the cats in the bag, the bags in the river, that part's a lot of fun too. Very dark, very bouncy. That poor cat though. Oh <laughs> I like how, I like how it sounds all together. And uh, the, tr- the track sounds pretty good overall. Like the, the ending dragged just a bit, but it's definitely one of the bigger highlights of the B side, in my opinion. I agree. I definitely agree. Um, yeah, I uh, I got nothing else. Uh, nothing that I haven't already said in previous songs. I'm yeah. It's uh, I'm with only one one track left. I, I'd like to say that I was pleasantly surprised, and I'm actually very thankful that uh, you introduced. Well, I was introduced to this. So, yeah, according to you last week, I haven't shut up about this. And now you finally got to listen to it. Well, I mean, you you called me out on the show and you're like, I haven't talked about this a lot. Yeah. On the on camera. But behind (laughs) you're like, oh, like maybe we'll do Tomahawk, maybe this or oh, maybe you'd like that. And I don't I have a very hard time listening to new music. So even listening to this, even with your suggestion and the listener request, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, I'll, I'll start it later. I'll start it later. Then as soon as I started listening to the album, I was like, why didn't I start this a week ago? Like I, I missed an entire week of my life not listening to this. That's, an happened, to, that's happened to you a few times on this show so far. We'd be like, oh my God, this album, where did this come from? I know. I know. <laughs> I need to have a little bit more faith. You know, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. That's, that's all we can ask for at this point. 38 episodes yeah. in, that's all we can ask for. I know. Well, I I know. I need to put this much effort into other parts of my life. But I mean, I'm starting with this. Something. You got to start somewhere. Baby steps. It's all good. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll move on to the final song on this album. 
song, I guess. Yes. Uh, Narcosis is the final song. Only 2 minutes and 39 seconds, though. It sounds like the kind of track you would... Uh, more in mental imagery. Here you go. I, I've jam-packed it today. Oh, I do have some for this, but not Okay. Much. It sounds like the kind of track you would hear while in the desert while the sun is just absolutely pummeling you. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. Considering that Narcosis is actually like a drowsy state produced after taking drugs, I actually yeah. had to look that up. This song does a good job of portraying that. Yeah. Because, like, really, you kind of get a whole bunch of that. Like, you have these, like, lazy, descending, sliding riffs kind of just going all over the place in its own little hypnotic way. I thought that was really cool. Very atmospheric track overall. Just kind of, you kind of drift through this one until with the, like, the last quarter when, when these, like, really compressed hits of, like, reverb drums just kind of snap you back to reality because, like, it's very, like, encompassing in your headphones. And so, like, but as soon as you hear that, like, it just wakes you up a little bit. Interesting track. Not a lot to go on. It's it's instrumental aside from Mike Patton whistling. And there's also, like, chanting, I guess, too. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, like, this is, like, the drug trip at the end of the album that should have been, like, your peyote trip in the middle of the album. Okay. So, I only have a couple points. Like you said, it's really not much to, to really review. Um, one, I... For, for the longest time, I would say maybe maybe a couple days I thought this song was called necrosis and then I read it again and went that's not even close what oh wait sorry before you go on I did that before when I thought a, so- a song was called something and it like didn't even make sense yeah I think that might have been uh last week <laughs> when I corrected well no that was that was the Indian fever forever thing but there was yeah. one where like Oh, I don't remember what it was, but it was like a word. I was like, my brain was telling me it was this. I'm like, that's not even a word, though. But yeah. Yeah, my brain convinced me it was real. I'm going to yeah. have to like go back through clips and find that because like, now it's bothering me to know what that was. Yeah. Anyways, I wrote, you- oh, I wrote down necrosis. Then I had to Google what necrosis was. And then I Googled what narcosis was. So same thing. Um I just uh, I just wrote, is this what getting high in the Arizona desert is supposed to be like? Uh, The guitar bends are very off-putting along with the throat singing, and I think it is the perfect way to end an album, and I really enjoyed that. And you never really came out of this... uh... This this hypnotic state that they put you in at the beginning of the album with flashback. Unless this is you coming out of that state. I don't know, but like... I don't know. It, it feels like the story wasn't completed or maybe he died in this whole traumatic state. I don't know. Yeah, like you're you're going through all of these images because you're just so high... And then, like, you know, the very end is you laying in the fetal position in the desert in just, like, you know, loose white briefs, at imagining you are a male. And you're just, you're just sitting there just sort of shivering and nobody is around. And then the camera's panning out and it just shows that absolutely nothing and nobody is around you. Oh, I was going to assume as the camera's panning out, you see these vultures circling above you. Oh my God, my God, that's even more creepy. It, well, if, like, I'm assuming that if you're in the fetal position in the desert shivering and like you're just kind of out of your mind, yeah. you're likely going to die in that oh spot. Oh my God, oh my God. But the vultures just, know that. Well, that definitely adds a nice cap to the eerie spookiness that I kind of felt so like yeah. you wanted a good ending. <laughs> you wanted I a did. Ending. I did. And this one is, uh, I don't know. It's, it's off putting. It's definitely a good end to a movie. 
good end to an album. Well, the, it was a very off-putting album. Like, even if you just go yeah. back and, like, read the lyrics, too, like, there's a lot of, like, weird, fucked-up shit in these lyrics. Yeah. So there's definitely a story in there somewhere. I just got to do more research on exactly what it is. I think I'm I'm probably on the right track with what my idea was, but it could be a little more than that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, whatever ending you want, it doesn't really matter because we are at the end. Anyways, we made it all the way there. We're at the end of this 13-track album, Tomahawk mm-hmm. Southside album. So thank you very much for getting all the way to the end of the album with us. We sure hope you enjoyed what we were talking about. And we know that you got opinions of your own that you want to share with us. So by all means, in the comments of wherever you're listening, video, audio, don't matter, or even over on so- our social medias at uh, Rate the Record Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. It's all on RateTheRecord.ca. That's the important part. All the links are there. Just go to RateTheRecord.ca. Let us know what you thought about this album. Oh, yes. And, of course, Nick, thank you very much for requesting this album. It's been great. Yeah. Uh, we were going to do it, but you're the man for uh, getting this done even earlier. So thank you for, like, pushing this to the front of the line for us here. Thank you for blessing my ears with this. I appreciate it very much. You've done a good service today. Just just mm. know that going forward, even if you're having a bad day, just remember you did a good thing for us. Damn right. And uh, what's the whole saying about like, you know, uh, pay it forward or something like that. So oh, I won't good for us. So something's going to good. It will happen to him. Uh, yeah, I, I wish nothing but the best for Nick, um, but I will not pay it forward. Hell no. That's too much effort. You offer our listeners $10 all the time. You won't even do anything for him. Fine, $10, God. Well, I, I think he might prefer a, a better album rating, which we'll get to momentarily. But first, we have to rank the songs Woo! first. So above our heads, boom, graphics have changed. Our names, there are numbers, and those numbers need song titles. So again, uh, Nick didn't give us any sort of ranking for this album, like for when it comes to like songs or, or the album itself. But you can only assume that he likes it enough. He gave us his top three songs at the very least, so we could see if we match with him. Uh-huh. So I guess we'll go ahead and get this started with song number... Th- oh, wait. Before we start, let's see how many we're going to match here. <laughs> Just thinking, look at my sheet. I didn't mark everything. I have like five question marks. Four. We're going to match four. I am feeling brazen. And... No, brazen was you last week saying that we're going to get the sixth song correct. And then we were zero for 16. <laughs> Well, that was just foolish. I'm going to say four and I'm going to stand behind it. I'm going to say two just because I don't know. After getting zero for 16, I've lost a lot of faith in what we do. But the fact that I have five question marks, that's got to tell you something. Uh-huh. And there's, what, 13 songs in the album? So, I mean, yeah, pretty decent. I mean, I, you didn't six, say six, six question marks. Sorry. Well, I, I kind of missed the part where you didn't mention any of the X's because you could have six question marks and seven X's. So, but three I still X's. say three X's and I forgot to mark the yeah. other ones. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm still going to say four. Okay. That's right, fine. So, four right, and so two. now we'll get started with this number 13 cul-de-sac. Sweet smell of success. Wow. Well, I mean, like, like with uh, many other albums, I can't say all, um, none of these I hated. It's just, you gotta rank them. But just some of the things we're seeing about some of the other songs, like, wow, that's crazy. All right. Anyways, number 12, Narcosis. Honeymoon. Honeymoon. Okay. Uh, number 11. There, here, here's one of those things that we do all the time. The one-offs. Number 11, Honeymoon. Malachino. Melokio. Yeah. <laughs> Close know. enough. Yeah, I don't even know. 
Oh yeah, I, I don't know why I just wrote down your answer then immediately crossed it out. That just goes to show the kind of day that I'm having. I, I heard that too. Yeah, maybe if I remember in editing, I'll just amplify the scratching sound. <laughs> Number 10, Jockstrap. Flashback. All right. Number nine. Yes, that's right. Number nine, sir. Yes, sir. Narcosis. This isn't good. It is not. Uh, number eight, Malocchio. Uh, Laredo. Dodge Laredo. Look at that. Number seven, Laredo. I fucking hate this. Point and click. You know what you're really going to hate? Number six, point and click. I hate you so much. I hate you Cold for not getting it right. Uh, cul-de-sac. I actually like that one. It's pretty good. Number five, flashback. Sir, yes, sir. Well, I mean. There is uh, two more we can do, I believe. Uh, three. Three. Oh, okay. Three. Well, let's see if this is one of them. Number four, 101 North. Oh, thank God. You got one. Yes. Okay, that that... That's kind of promising for the next ones, actually. Uh, so one one north. Although it won't be this one, number three, Sweet Smell of Success. Pop one. Pop one. Look at that, number two. Pop one. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Jock strap. Okay, well, this is, the, this is a first, then. This is a first. Our number one's match for the first time in forever. Number one, God Hates a Coward. God Hates a Coward. God hates a coward, son. You got a date with your VCR. Watch another action movie. Dream of me. No. I'm going to write it out in full just because I'm so proud of it. Um, What was the... There had to have been one where we matched number ones since Daughters. Oh, yeah. Uh, Eagles uh, was one of the ones oh, I remember. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know if we've matched number one since Eagles, though, to be 100% honest. I'd have to go back through the charts. Yeah. Well, to be fair, Victim of Love is literally the best Eagles song you could ever hear, but it's just my personal opinion. Uh, yeah, I'll agree. I don't, I don't know every single Eagles song, but I can't imagine one better than well, that. Me, yeah, yeah, me neither. I just like that one so much that I can confidently and uneducatedly say that. Yeah, and here yeah, I thought you would like at, all the Yacht Rock songs better. Yeah, yeah, at me, Don Henley, I dare you. Well, I can only imagine you pissed Nick off for putting Sweet Smell of Success in last place. It was one of his favorites. But hey, we met, all three of us got one-on-one -on -one North as one of our top favorites. Yeah. And you know what? He seems like a respectable guy with that uh, respects other people's opinions. And if not, well, you know what? Learn to be. Sorry. Well, we're going to find out just how much he respects opinions now as we get into the album rating, the final portion of the podcast. We're going to go ahead, transition That's screens, and we'll find out what happens next. On Fox. <laughs> Alrighty then, the album rating screen, the moment you've all been waiting for, because I mean, it's the literal name of our podcast, Rate the Record. And we're rating a record today, Tomahawk's self-titled album as requested by Nick. It needs to go somewhere on our big old prestigious list. Is it going to be shrunken down somewhere in the B section where it'll actually fit somewhere in a regular column? I guess we'll find out in just a minute. So oh, I it's, guess it's going to be like S, S tier. So. I can only hope. But you have to tell me your score first because <laughs> I went the first last week. Okay, well, I didn't put it in the S tier, so. Um, 78.85. So close. So close. Not bad at all. 
I I I I figured you would like it enough that it was gonna get pretty high. So like that's that that's actually not bad. Yeah. And I also yeah. noticed too one thing that we we don't do anymore that we did for a little while is we try to do like a, a margin of error thing of like your score and my score and what the differential would be. Oh yeah. We're gonna have to start bringing that back. Because really, oh my uh, god, that's so difficult. Maybe so, but this one would have been really damn good because my score came out to eighty point three eight. So I, I A tiered it, you B plus it, or A, I A minus it, but still, regardless, and that's a really, really close margin because that comes to 79.61%. We have ourselves ah! yet another B tier album. Oh my God. God damn it. Just there's so many of them, but now I can, it's going to be shrunken <laughs> down enough that I can start doing the second row here. It's going to be great. But where does 79.61 fit on this list? Oh, it is dead first in the B column. Uh, yeah, I figured Number because 79, 79.61 is a pretty high score. Yeah, Cynic was 78.12, so I mean it beats it by one and a half. Not bad. I'll take that. I really like Cynic, but I mean Tomahawk obviously also very – also I think I personally rated Cynic higher, but still – Group score, that's what matters here, and it is another yeah. B-tier album. Nick, we hope you're happy with that. You should be, because it is now, a, it's dethroned Kate Bush as the highest-rated listener-requested album we have so far on the show. Yeah! Yay! Again, thank you very much for uh, for requesting that. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say thank you, Chris, for wanting to put it on the list to begin with. Um, it is quite evident to me that uh, anything Mike Patton touches thus far that I have been exposed to uh, has been amazing. So I appreciate and um, anything to get that into my earlobe or my earlobes. The fuck am I saying? Into my eardrums. Um, That's the part that sound. I am. I am super down for. So I. Uh, I thank you. And I. I know if anyone's watched my. Uh, new music review videos. Uh, I'm like, oh, this one's going on the playlist. This was going on. This, all of this shit has gone on my playlist. Like all this album, all on the playlist. Well, you know what that means? Phantomas, here we come. <laughs> don't know what to expect with that. I'm just assuming. Ooh, I don't even know. Phantom of the Opera, but all in Italian. Oh, usually I complain about like how many B tier albums we get since like, you know, we, we have... So many of them, but the idea is whatever. We have something to top the B tier right now. B plus. uh, I was going to say Thomas as in Fan Thomas, but no, it's Tomahawk. The other Mike Patton project that we just listened to today and their self-titled album. That's what is there now. I guess dethroning Cynic out of that position. No controversy this time like Tool and Bungle. Oh my God, no, no. This, uh, it, it, it deserves to be top, top of this tier. Well, fuck it. It deserves to be this tier or higher but you know what i am pleased with where it is okay uh, okay before we actually wrap this up i want to do a little fun fact because that just reminded me actually so when uh god damn not phantomas tomahawk i don't know why that name's on my tongue now but get anyways, your mind straight tomahawk when they uh first uh released their album they were started touring they opened for tool uh like back in the latter alice days and i can only imagine how awesome that show was but apparently people back then didn't think so because the tool crowds weren't very nice to tomahawk and tomahawk frequently got booed at the concerts now imagine the album that you just listened to and then people booing it at a concert um 
I don't want to offend an entire fan base, but I'm just going to say the individuals that did that uh, pretentious little pricks. Uh, I already said that back in our Tool episode that yeah. that like there's a lot of fans who are very gatekeepy about Tool and like it's just it's ridiculous and you have to be intellectual to like the music. So apparently Tomahawk wasn't intellectual enough to play with Tool. Yeah, when I saw Tool in 2019, Killing Joke opened for them. Oh, they so, must be I mean, super high brain power then, something like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, they were good. It was just like, it wasn't, you know, math rock. Like, I don't know. And here I uh, thought that, uh, like, Patton fans and Tool like, were a decent crossover. Yeah. But apparently not. I learned that that little fact uh, earlier today. So that was really interesting to read up yeah. on. I was like, really? Who the fuck would boo? But anyways. Let's hope that the decades have sort of softened. Uh, with the legacy that both... Maynard Jim Keenan and Mike Patton have now, I would certainly yeah. think that uh, if that tour ever happened again, people would be in love. Oh, hell yeah. I would. So we are at the end of the show now. So thank you very much for joining us and making it all the way to the end. We truly appreciate you being here with us. If you liked what you've seen today, make sure you hit like, subscribe, rate, share, follow, comment out of order, but that's okay. All of those things do help build that musical community. We want you to be a part of it. We discussed a whole lot of album today. We ranked songs rated record. We want to know where you would put everything with your songs and your, your album ratings and everything like that. So again, let us know down in the comments below over on our socials at rate the record podcast over on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. but that can all be found at rate the record.ca. Just go there. It's perfect the way it is. Hell yeah. Something along the lines of that. But also over there, you can find our Kofi link, kofi.com slash rate the record. If you want to support the channel financially, you can do that. And you'll eventually get bonus content. You'll get your thank you and your name and everything like that. You get, as I said, being, as I said at the beginning of the show. So yeah, you'll get all that. It's all good. But it's, remember, it's completely optional. The podcast is still always free. So hey, yeah. if you want to chip in some money, that's a great way to do it. And I don't want to guilt you, but I will not get a soundboard unless you do. So I mean, come on, come on, please. If you want sound spamming, you, you got to do it. Look at that face. You're going to say no to that face? Please, you, I know how easy, <laughs> you know how easy it is to say no to this? <laughs> well, that's why, that's why I'm leading the charge and saying that I would. <laughs> uh... All right. So just before we uh, let you go for the day, we'd usually like to give you a tiny little hint of what to expect next week. And next week, uh, not a request, but Savannah went ahead and chose us yet another album. She chose White Stripes last week. So what could you possibly have for us next week? I'm going to preface the spoiler with um, surprise. It is an album that I've not heard the whole thing, so it'll be new to me as well. But next week we have a band whose singer is an actor and as of recording is the only original member. And the band had to alter their name in Canada due to naming conflicts with a band of the same name. I remember that actually. Yeah. Yeah, it was very confusing because it eventually ironed itself out, but it's kind of one of those, is that the same as, is that? But, you know, there's no confusion now. Time is long past. It's like uh, those two bands, The Verve and The Verve Pipe. Oh, my God. It's like, there, what the I, hell and why? <laughs> I, I, I've i seen a couple posts. I maybe sort of, uh, sort of paraphrasing here. But a couple posts from the Verve Piper, they're like, no, we don't say, like, we won't play Bittersweet Symphony. Why not? You'll probably bank on it. 
<laughs> but it's funny because it's like they kind of lean into it. I'm like, oh, you're in on the joke, but you're still kind of butthurt. But also, too, that song got the verve in trouble. So maybe that's another reason why they don't want to play it. Yep. But anyways, that's them. And that's not who's coming up next week. If you want to know who's going to come up next week, you'll have to come ahead, come on back and join us next Monday for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So until that day comes, go listen to some awesome music like Tomahawk's self-titled album. Please and do it. And we will see you again real soon. So take care, friends. Bye-bye.